Welcome to What's Next, Cornet Global's podcast that puts members on the mic for thought-provoking, profession-shaping conversations and commentary. In this episode, Chris Kane, director at Six Ideas UK Limited, and Fons Trompenars, author and thought leader on business culture and cross-cultural communication, discuss dilemmas facing corporate real estate. Good afternoon, Fonz. It's been a couple of months since you and I last met at the Cornet um, conference in here in Amsterdam, and it's great that Tim Venable is joining us on this conversation as well. I was very keen to follow up on our chat uh, from your keynote in your approach to dilemmas, because I think thinking about issues in corporate real estate today, it's all about dilemmas and that we need to understand the issues around what is a dilemma on the one hand and what is it on the other. It's not an either or, or is it? And you know, you, you talked a lot about um, you know, the various broad examples, but what I was keen to do today was to build or start building a better understanding of the things that uh, I think Cornet set you in terms of the, the five or six dilemmas that people in our industry are facing today around employee experience, brand experience, and working with other corporate functions. Uh, I think the, the, the brief was to talk about inter- interdisciplinary work. And Tim Venable, those are the topics that really were the ones that you, you briefed on to talk about, weren't they? Yes, exactly, Chris, that's perfect. Okay, so you know, I mean, for me, um, as a you know a practitioner in corporate real estate for more years than I care to remember, it would all started out with you know, I mean, being an expert in making the best use of what I would call bricks and mortar. But now, in the last few years, everything has changed, and we we've now got to get our head around this idea of employee experience, and then there's brand, and there's uh, ESG, and then how do we figure out how to work with HR and IT? We've been talking about convergence of the three functions for more than two decades, but um, it's difficult. And dilemmas are difficult, Fonz, or yeah. are they simple? Yeah, first of all, thank you for inviting me. It's wonderful to have this chat. And let, let me start generically, namely, um, what is the contribution we're trying to make in, in, in business in general? And what the hell has dilemmas to do with that? Now, what we found is that with the faster changing environments and the enormous increased diversity we experience, uh, Amsterdam at the moment, 53% of people living in Amsterdam don't have Dutch parents. Now, that, that's interesting, but our models are still culturally biased and our models are bipolar. Let let me explain. Cultural bias is that the way we think about things is embedded in our culture. Um, So uh, obviously be careful for stereotypes, but in the US very often uh, it's nice to have vision, but give me the quarterly reports. While in France uh, is forget quarterly reports, give me vision, right? Now, we could also frame that as a dilemma. Yeah. Um, namely, you need both, uh, but culture defines where your starting point is. And we see that with diversity, we get a lot of miscommunication about what should come first. 
So that is one. Our cultural bias leads us into an environment where we're completely confused in how to um, tackle things. Uh, and you see that in international organizations, in the United Nations, in, in what have you. The other one is that we think in bipolar terms. And that means if you're centralized, you're not decentralized. If you are going for individual creativity, you're not a team player. Well, we are saying, yeah, but value is created by combining the extremes, which we call a dilemma. Now, a dilemma is when both sides are desirable, but when you go for one, you might lose the other. So what we are trying to teach people is um, what can we do centrally in order to allow for more decentralization? What can we do with individual creativity to enhance the quality of the team rather than to put them in boxes? Um, that type of work can also be applied in real estate. And that's why we gathered the dilemmas on the one hand, on the other hand, where both hands are important. And what we want to try to put over the uh, radar is that you need to connect both sides rather than put them into boxes where if you go for one, you cannot reach the other. And, uh, you know, are you a Democrat? Or are you a Republican? Are you for Europe or against Europe? These are stupid questions because I am sure that if you live in one country, you need a dialogue to get the country on a higher level rather than having a fight on who's more right uh, than the other. And uh, now I don't want to get into politics, but you can see the manifestations of bipolar thinking, which is not helpful in creating a better country or a better real estate. So if you take that whole bipolar, bipolar line of thinking and apply it to um, our world, you know, one of the um, big challenges today is, you know, and was listed, I think, in your briefing that from a corporate real estate point of view, employees want more control and choice. Yes, the C-suite, the CFO are saying you've got to, you know, I mean, keep an eye on operating costs and you've got to cut operating costs. And if you look at all the other topics, the same sort of debate is it's either one or the other. And the way I try and aggregate all of these is that, and I like your approach in terms of bipolar, because one of the things we in the industry have grappled with is where is work done today? What is the purpose of the office? You know, I mean, for many, it was either work at home or you work in the office. It's a choice of A or B. But in, in today, that's not the case anymore. No, no. It's a beautiful example. Let, let, let's build on that. One. Yeah. Because you can separate the world at, ho at home from the world in the office. But it's the dynamics between the two that makes the difference. In other words, ask the question, what can I do in the office? that makes my work at home more efficient, effective. And what can I do at home that makes my work in the office more effective? Then you get other discussions. Now, I don't want to fill this in, but myself, we have a small office in Amsterdam. To be honest, when I'm in the office, I get all kinds of vibes by my colleagues that come up with the latest client information, uh, etc., which helps me to do a better job at home because to be honest, to write that email in the office is impossible because I'm distracted by the crisis and by uh, the next phone call. 
But when I do the work at home, I'm very happy that I was in the office. And by the way, it's also interesting, almost a symbol, that in the car, I'm connecting the two. Uh, you have a bit of distance in the car. You can, in a way, relax, although you have another stress by the traffic, but you can, in a way, relax, and, and you come home with a fresh view. So the point I'm trying to make, first of all, what is the dilemma? And secondly, how can one side help you with the other side? So the inspiration in the office is of quite a different quality than the inspiration you get at home. Sure. Uh, or the concentration you get at home, because in my case, that's being at an age where the children are out of house, is, is, it's more about concentration. Yeah, but you, you talk about effectiveness, and effectiveness for corporate real estate is still, I think, something we need to get our arms around because we're really, really good at the efficiency bit yes. because all of that efficiency stuff is tangible. And, you know, you and I have talked about helping me with the book I'm writing at the moment, Where's My Office Around, making the connection between efficiency and effectiveness. And it's almost like tangible and intangible. And for many people who are trained in making the most of the built environment, whether you're an architect, designer, workplace strategist, corporate real estate person, a facility person, the list goes on. We're very good at the dollar per square foot or the total cost. But when it gets into this soft stuff, and that's what effectiveness is all about, yeah. that becomes a big dilemma for yes. us. Would you agree? Yes. By the way, Efficiency and effectiveness uh, reminds me of Peter Drucker, who said that efficiency is to do the, uh, the the things right, and effectiveness is to do the right things. Yeah. And indeed, I think the real estate in its traditional form was very good in efficiency, but not very good in effectiveness, right? Uh, you could explain everything, you know, the, the price per square meter, about energy use and what have you, but effectiveness is taking it to a bigger realm to make it a systemic issue, right. including work culture, including technology, including all kinds of things where in the past the real estate was bricks and no clicks. Yeah. And, and, and that is something that is shifting the retail in, in, in quite an enormous uh, different direction. Sure. Uh, because again, it's between the, the parts, the dynamics between technology the human factor and the hard stuff like bricks is where you can find effectiveness. You cannot find it in efficiency. Efficiency takes the three, if I, if I look at that triangle, separately. Yes. Uh, what is the number of bytes per minute rather than are people using uh, Wi-Fi and does it fit into that building, yeah. which is quite a different uh, uh, approach. And in other words, let me summarize, the retailer only looking at bricks is not good enough anymore. Yeah. You need to look at the whole system. And my hypothesis is that the what's been happening to retail in the last five to seven years is now starting to happen to the office sector, the logistics center, yeah. because of this dilemma that um, it's now all about talent, whether you're in Silicon Valley to Austin, Texas, to the Boston Corridor, to the Ruhr Valley, to Benelux, to Southeast England. It's all about talent and they are calling the shots. Now, for many leaders, that is an enormous challenge to 
the hierarchy, their autonomy in terms of who's running the show. Organizations are shifting from being very hierarchical to to others. Like I had a fantastic conversation with a HR director of Fortune 500 last week, and he said, we've got to transform everything. Yeah, yeah. You can't do it little pieces by pieces. No, and I think that's another dilemma for us because if you look at the six topics that Cornet set you, what it says to me is um, they are dilemmas in their own right and we could you know, spend many hours talking about them. But the real big question is, it says uh, to me, for people saying these points, uh, why don't you understand me, my contribution, uh, the role of corporate real estate in the value chain of the enterprise today? It's probably quite different, and that in itself is a dilemma. Yes, oh, for sure. And and again, ask the right question. On the one hand, on the other hand, how can we connect? Yeah. L- l- can I go back to retail? But I yeah. mean the genuine retail, not in real estate only, but retail. I was at the World Retail Conference in London not, not so long ago, and it was interesting that all the retailers were talking about how they went into internet. And, you know, if you take the Salvages, the, the, the pure retailers, they were all bragging about how well they did on the internet. And some collapsed, so they were not speaking because they didn't do it well. Then Google and Amazon gave presentations how they were building shops, bricks, in order to get contact with the client again. Beautiful example, which we call high tech versus high touch, or if you like bricks and clicks, it is all about how you combine the two. Yeah. And and um, so people in the clicks should ask uh, in high tech, what can we do in order to deepen our analog relationships? And people in analog have to ask the question, what can we do with the relationships that help our clients to be more effective on the internet. Okay. As an example. Yeah. So if you look at my world, the corporate real estate relationships uh, are, are fascinating in terms of the relationship of corporate real estate in to its mother organizations, the C-suite, the CFO. But also then, I think we also need to re-evaluate our role within the wider real estate system. And if you look at that and talk to organizations, Many would say that the, there's no emotional connection between supply and demand. Mm-hmm. And in fact, there's a huge dilemma in that the supply side of the industry think they're delivering an asset, whereas the demand side of the equation want what I call a productivity solution. Right. They don't want a building per se anymore. No, no. So how would you square that dilemma? Yeah, it's in, first of all, I agree with the dilemma. Uh, it's it's the experience of work and the effectiveness of work versus just a part of the work uh, that is offered by now the corporate real estate traditional mindset. And I think that thinking in little boxes is impossible. I think if you are in uh, an environment like in real estate, you have to think about how do all these dynamics between the human side, the technological side, and the building side, if you like, work together in a better offering in terms of uh, real estate? And perhaps you should even change the word of the offering because you're not in real estate anymore. Okay. Well, that's a fantastic, um, I think, 
point to ponder to try draw this conversation to a close. I'm sure, given what we've been doing so far, that there will be lots more to to do in the in the months ahead. But for me, Fonzie, you've been really helpful in helping me make a better fist of joining the dots because it is all about these disparate bits and there's no one bit which is preeminent whether it's real estate facilities design construction workplace strategy hr etc etc but what's happened is that technology has changed society change thinking and we in real estate need to catch up and understand that it's no longer just solely about the plays it's about a multiplicity of opportunities um, in uh, the world of marketing they're now talking about the omni-channel marketing maybe we're talking about the omni-channel workplace and we need to think differently yeah. about not only the consumption but the supply side and i see this as um a an area for further discussion particularly given the huge interest we have in uh, the whole esg agenda which has just recently become a hot topic because i think we owe it to the generations that follow us to leave um, a better built environment legacy right i had one piece of advice yes you get the last word from no not really (laughs) but it's it's more uh, a nice one i think and i'm sure it has been thought about earlier Make it real, E-state. Yeah. <laughs> very good. On that note, we'll call it a close. Thank you, Fonz. You're very welcome, Chris. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Tim. Thank you very much, Fonz and Chris, for speaking with Cornet Global. This has been an excellent conversation. This concludes this episode of What's Next. Want to record a podcast of your own? Have an idea or point of view you'd like to share? Visit cornetglobal.org to learn more.